Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. What's up, what's up? You're listening to Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. Every Thursday, right here at 7 o'clock on Seattle Sports 710, broadcasting live from the Bellevue Square Center Court. I am Michael Bumpus with my guy, Paul Moyer, a.k.a. Moyeezy. What's up, Moye? How you doing, man? I am just happy to be here. Glad you're hosting. Great crowd as always. And look, we got, uh, this is a special week for me because we got throwback, throwback week here. Uh, and we get to Miles Adams here. We get to ask him about that as well. We got cool. throwback week coming up and we got to, uh, we get to talk to a guy early who's going to wear that throwback jersey, Miles Adams. What's up, Miles? How you doing? Man, I'm blessed, man. I can't complain. How about y'all? Hey, uh, we're blessed too, man. You're here joining us on a Thursday night. Uh, what do your Thursday nights look like? You know, some guys are, are getting treatment. Uh, they're at the at the uh, the VMAG. What are you doing on a Thursday night? Your typical Thursday night. Typical Thursday night. Uh, get a little bit of body work done post practice, but turn on some film, watch practice. But I got to turn on Thursday night football. What's happening on Thursday night football right now? We don't have it on, on, going on right now. Who's winning? Yeah, it's Bucks and the Bills going right now. Uh, I just turned it on, so it's on commercial. <laughs> so I, I don't even know who's ahead right now. Miles, everybody said you're going to love when you get him on the show. He's got the smoothest voice, radio voice, and you do not disappoint, my man. That is, uh, that is sweet. Do, do you actually have aspirations at some point to try and take over Michael Bumpus' role and actually get into media? <laughs> take over a role? I don't know. Maybe uh, do one of my own or something of that nature. I've been told that before, though. I appreciate it. Hey, smooth as heck. Hey, man, um, I want to take you back to the New York Giants, man. Everybody was eating. Lots of sacks going on there. But you got yourself your first career sack. Have you had, like, a moment to let that sink in and enjoy it? I know everybody was getting it. But, uh, man, you got yours. What was that moment like? Man, the timing was kind of crazy because we had a bye week right after that game on a Monday night primetime slot. So I got a whole week to soak it in and went back home to Texas to see my mother and sorts. And they kept reminding me of my first act. So I got to really, really. It's been fun to, to watch the defensive line this year. I mean, it's very different than last year. Last year you were. You guys are probably more of a traditional 3-4 defensive line. You had some big guys, you know, with their, their hands down. Usually their feet were parallel, more of a two-gap, it felt like. This year you guys are smaller and you're quicker. And a lot of times it's just two of you out there. Um, is that something they emphasize this year, that, hey, we're going we're gonna to use speed and quickness to disrupt rather than size? Yeah, uh, you could say that. I think it's more so utilizing the, the skill set that our D-line room presents. You know, we got guys like Jaron Reed back, and we signed guys like Draymond Jones and uh, Mario Edwards. You know, I call him Rio, but we got some good bad presences in that defensive line room, and it was just a really good, uh, really good edge to have those quick twitch uh, attacking style guys because that is what we've been highlighting. It's been working. Well, and when I look at your game, and I, I remember when you flashed in preseason a couple years ago, we, we always give an MVP to the preseason, and you were one of ours a couple of years ago. Is this give you 
I mean, does it fit your, obviously, your skill set more and give you, hopefully, more opportunities to play because they are looking for those more quick twitch guys? Yeah, uh, definitely. I know that's one thing that uh, the the coaches rave about and they uh, talk about with me is my uh, quickness. That's one of my uh, top attributes, I'd say, to my game <laughs> is what I'd say. So that is something that I highlight. It's more so based on the opponent in the, uh, in the game plan, but that is what they like to attack. Uh, they use me to attack the quickness, get up the field, kind of penetrate, get in the backfield. Miles, um, football is a game, and it, it's meant to be fun, but when you're playing at the NFL level, there's a lot of pressure. This is the first year in a few years watching this defense play to where I feel like you guys are having a blast out there, man. What's it like playing with this group um, and executing the way that you guys have been executing? Man, that's a loaded question. I don't even know how to answer that question to start. Uh, man, how like getting guys like uh, Bobby back in the offseason and having his presence and getting JB back and uh, signing guys like D. Bush and just the energy they bring. And then all the different Jamal, you know, Jamal and JB coming off of those injuries from last season. We've got some guys that need to come back. And it's just, it's just amazing to see him. you got to shout out the young guys. They've been balling. That's yeah, it, it really is remarkable the amount of not just rookies, but you know, first your you know second year players along with the rookies and and their and their productivity. But I, I'm going to take you back a little bit to your college days. You, you went to Rice. Um, you're from Arlington, Texas. That's Dallas country. Um, I know TCU is not that far from from Arlington. What what transpired there? I know you were a two way player in, in high school, both a center and and defensive lineman. But what what got you eventually over to Rice and not maybe TCU and and I, I don't I guess SMU would probably be in there too. Yeah, in high school I definitely uh, went both both ways. Uh, I'll say both ways. So I got to have some fun. I actually had to. I didn't really understand how recruitment worked uh, in the, how would I say that? I didn't really understand it in the midst of the process. And so teams were calling me from different conferences and they were offering me at an offensive position. And I wanted to play defensive line. I I personally like to attack. I like to tackle things. You know, center was fun because you got to just control everything. But I wanted to make my my living uh, hitting the quarterback. So... Rice was the only camp that my father would pay for. And uh, I didn't know it at the time, but my mom has a pretty renowned job, and they recruit from Rice. They recruit Rice graduates, and she told my dad that information, so he only paid for the Rice camp, and I got offered right out of that camp, so I committed. Oh, that's smart. Uh, so your, mo- your mom's, uh, is she a finance person? What, what, do yeah, you want to share what yeah. she does? Yeah, she's a finance coordinator for a company called Bain. I think their headquarters sure. are over in Boston, if you've heard of them. But yeah, yeah they she she she's been there for 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 a pretty long time. Shout out to her, man. She she definitely uh, was working in my favor. She always has, but she was looking out for me with that decision for sure. Now that's uh, that was good decision. Rice, obviously, tough school to get into. Good academics, and you never know what's going to happen in the NFL world. So you always want to rely on that degree. I agree, and I was able to get it. Yeah, it's a blessing. I appreciate that. Hey, um, Miles, I'm from Southern California, so um, we there's a battle going on right now, right? Everyone in LA okay. claims In-N-Out. In the Northwest, they claim Dick's Burgers. 
Something tells me you got a different uh, fast food chain that you like, man. Talk to me about what you want to bring to the Northwest. I don't even think that y'all could handle it, man. <laughs> what you talking about? What you talking about, Miles? Man, man that's a good old-fashioned Whataburger, man. What a burger. Hey, now, no, Miles, when we, um, we played Dallas in 2019, and we flew out there for the playoff game, and it was late, and um, I was in. We were in Texas. I go, I need a Whataburger. And I, I stayed in line in the drive-thru for about 45 minutes uh, to get you a burger. I ain't going to lie, right? man. It, it, it was pretty good, man. It, it was an experience for sure. Man, that, that 45 minutes sounds about right. But I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. I'm glad you're honest. <laughs> <laughs> Miles a cool cat, man. You know, Miles, they used to have a Whataburger in downtown Bellevue. And it closed. I think it closed, didn't it? Yeah, I think it's, it's gone now. Is there one anywhere around here that you can get to? Are you serious? I didn't even know y'all had a Whataburger up here. No, I haven't seen one. Yeah, my burger spot up here is probably uh, Burger Master, a little bit North Bellevue. Oh, yeah. No, they they make great ones. Shake Shack's not too bad as well. They got a few of those around it. Look, we're talking food, which is with defensive linemen is always a love language. Always good. Always good. (laughs) Yeah, I could talk all day. Hey, Miles, man, um, you know, this defense has turned a corner over the last, since week four, they've only allowed, you guys have only allowed 711 yards. That's the best in the NFL, about 250 yards per game. Uh, what is it? Is it guys that's figured out who they are and the role that they're playing? Is it Clinton Hurt? Like, talk to me and explain why we've been able to see this defense really take the next step. Yeah, it's a little bit of everything, honestly. Uh, kudos and give props to Coach Hurt because he's been uh, putting us in some positions, but it's a cohesive effort from getting guys back and getting them back in position, getting our feet wet and understanding how we can mesh well together and fixing all of our little things because truth be told, if you ask me, we can only uh, beat ourselves. You know, a lot of the things that offenses get their explosives on us on are, you know, run fit issues or little things here and there where we just have to be on our on our assignment and just execute, just out executing all the time. And the last four weeks, we've just been uh, doing pretty good consistently with executing, but we still have work to do. There's always work to be done. Well, we don't have game, to give them anything. No, no, you don't. You guys, I mean, again, I think you said it's a little bit of everything in that, you know, coverage is much better. I think Witherspoon, obviously, and Woolen and bringing Adams and, I mean, Trey Brown. And, you know, so you got coverage to go with with uh, obviously the rush too. But you you guys definitely are playing a defense this week that is really good. You guys are going to have to outplay this defense. A a lot of the people here, we got about 500 people here listening to you, don't know that much about Cleveland's offense. So what have you seen from the Browns and and what kind of challenges are they going to give you? Uh, You know, every offense in the league, they say it's a copycat league. So we'll probably see a lot of similar things that teams have had success on uh, against us. Uh, Kind of, I guess, a quarterback run game is where we've had a little bit of leakage, uh, a little bit of scrambles in screen game. But they're they're pretty balanced. Uh, They like to run the ball. You know, I think Cleveland's always prided themselves on their offensive line play, which is a good thing for us. We get get to test our metal a little bit. But like you said, their defense is outstanding. I think they're number one in the NFL right now. And it's just going to be a really good showcase, really good uh, chance, just opportunity to just be, be the best defense that night. All right, Miles, man, uh, we appreciate the insight and, and we appreciate your time, man. You, you do what you do. Watch that Thursday night football, man, and, uh, and have a good week. 
Oh, man. Already gone? No, I appreciate you guys for your time. <laughs> Thank you. All right, man. Take care. That is one smooth voice, and you can tell he's highly intelligent. I just guy. don't like how you're trying to get him to take my job. He can't he can take your job. No, he's trying he want, to take my no, job. That voice is not mine. My voice can be just disgusting. It's just you got to have some, a, a little bit of. I don't want to say BS. An- <laughs> an- to analyze You're, that voice, there, man, is that's front and center. It is front that and is center. Sweet it voice. is. It is. Just a reminder: you're listening to Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. When we return, we'll give you a high-level preview of this week's game versus Cleveland. That's next, right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Live on air on Seattle Sports. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection every Thursday at 7 right here on Seattle Sports 710, broadcasting live from the Bellevue Square Center Court. I'm Michael Bumpus with my man Paul Moyer. Let's, uh, let's talk about these Cleveland Browns and the situation that we're in, man. The Hawks Picked up a huge division win last week against the Cardinals and only trailed the 49ers by half a game in the NFC West, Moyer. Half a game in the NFC West. What do you think about that? Is it the defense? Is it the offense? Man, tell me no, what you no, think. You weren't at the production meeting today. But, um, <laughs> no, look, first of all, let's just talk about last week because a lot of people, oh, we should have blown them out. And, look, it's a divisional game. We had three backup offensive linemen. We started two rookie-wide receivers. Our defense continues to play fantastic football and what we're doing on our defensive side is it's complete package now we can cover I mean we got Witherspoon we got Woolen we got Trey Brown all three of those guys are frontline starters for any team in this league all three of them thrown now with Jamal Adams you got Love you got Diggs that is the def- that's the secondary we were hoping that it would be so why is that important because last year we couldn't cover I mean we just didn't cover well. It, but it, and here's it. Bobby Wagner's covering better. Jordan Brooks is playing lights out. I mean, we got a lot of stuff going on there. Why is that important? Because it allows our front to actually get to the quarterback and get quarterback hits and some sacks along the way. It, if you don't have one, if you don't have a good pass rush, if you don't have a good secondary, you're not going to have a lot of sacks. You're not going to have a lot of uh, interceptions. To be dominant, you got to have both. And this is the first time in probably four or five years where I feel like, oh, man, this has a chance to be really good. We still got a ways to go because we're so young, right? But I'm, I've seen enough sample size to go, okay. And I think the best one is going back to the Cincinnati game. We had all three of our, our DBs, Woolen, uh, Witherspoon, and, and Trey Brown, who locked him up. And I thought he was the best all-around receiver. Who's him? The, Chase? About Chase. Yeah. I thought he was the best all-around receiver in the league. He had 13 targets, six catches. His longest one was when we jumped offside and he pushed off. I think it was on uh, Reek Woolen on a deep comeback. Other than that, we, we had his number. So throw him what we've been doing all year long, and that shut the running game down. Now the numbers are starting to develop where you can say, okay, all that hard work and that, what, that eye test is starting to pay off from a statistical standpoint too. Yeah, um, I love the youth, the mix of youth and veterans yes. in that back end, right? You got the two OGs in the back. You got Jamal, you got Quandre, you got the youngsters at the corner spot. And then if you want to go nickel, you slide a youngster in, you bring another youngster outside and Trey Brown, who Stacy and I spoke to today on, uh, on the huddle. And uh, this guy is mature. He understands the game, the way he talks about the game. He has a, uh, 
he's a young man, but with an old soul. And uh, I love that about this defense, especially on the back end. Man, they're flying around and they're doing their thing. Now we lost Uchenna Nuosu. He's out. So what do you do? I didn't think they would bring in Frank Clark. I wasn't against it, but I thought that they would promote from within and then bring in some guy to just get in the rotation. No, they brought in a guy who was a pro bowler at one point, had two weeks with the, uh, the, the, the uh, Denver Broncos this year, wasn't really working out over there. They brought him over here. How do you think he fits into this offense, and what, is it, what does it mean for this defense losing a guy like Uchenna Nwosu? Well, I thought Uchenna was one of our most complete players on the defense, and he, you know, we, we looked at when he can, his motor and getting after the quarterback, but the way he sets an edge is incredible. I mean, pound for pound, he's one of the strongest players, certainly on the Seahawks, might be in the NFL. I, he could set an edge, and he's got everything he had not to get pushed by a, an offensive tackle. So I think we, we, we loot, it hurts us more in the run game. Mm -hmm. So what is Frank Clark? Frank can play the run pretty well. Um, I don't need him to get double-digit sacks. I think we got enough guys there to, to move around. Look, Boye Mafe has turned into a legit pass rusher. Uh, you're going to give Derek Hall some opportunities and see what happens there. But Daryl Taylor's the one that I know he can rush the passer. If he wants, he, here's his opportunity to be on the field almost every snap, mm -hmm. is that can he set the edge and play good run defense? If he doesn't, I got Frank Clark. I can put Derek Hall in there, and then I can put Frank Clark, and then I can throw Darryl Taylor in, in some pass rushing situations. Losing to Chinna, it hurts us. But we got enough depth to play around with packages. I think we're fine. I think um, I forgot to ask Miles Adams. We do a lot of two defensive linemen. Right where they're and, and we're using quicks a lot of times just uh, Jaron Reed and uh, Draymond um, Jones in that situation and then, then we mix some linebackers and things in there, you know. Do we go more to a traditional three-man front? Do we see more um, Jamal Adams maybe at outside linebacker? Uh, it, so again, sky's the limit on this. I think Coach Hurts has done a really good job of mixing his players, uh, but losing a chin it definitely hurts. Yeah, it does. And I, I, I expect Daryl Taylor to get more opportunity, at least initially, right? Um, he was a second rounder, almost a first rounder. You're bringing a guy like Frank Clark. I would assume he's only going to play about 25% of the snaps on Sunday unless he gets, he gets into a groove and he's looking really good. But I think this is an opportunity for Daryl Taylor to say, look, I'm not just a third down guy. I can get it done downs one, two when, uh, when I have to play against the run. Um, let's talk about a guy who's been playing really good, man. He's been going under the radar, honestly. Bobby Wagner got a lot of love when he came back, as he should. Number 54, he's a Hall of Famer, uh, 99 overall on Madden at one point. But there's a guy standing next to him a lot of the times when they're base defense that has been playing really good football coming off of one of the worst injuries you can have as a pro is tearing your ACO. I did not expect Jordan Brooks to play at the level that he's been playing at, and last game was probably his best game. I think we saw the potential the last few years. Um, certainly last year, you know, just to have the number of tackles he had. If you took the amount of plays, he, he, he's playing about 70, 75% of the snaps. Bobby's playing 100. If you, if you had Jordan playing 100% of the snaps, his, his statistics would be off the charts right, right now. Um, Bobby's playing really well. Jordan's playing at an elite level. And so what does that mean? Well, he's making big-time hits. He can run sideline to sideline. He can rush the quarterback. He will knock the you-know-what out of a guard if he does try to attack him. Um, he's a fantastic tackler. His speed and size is unique, and it's the best football I've seen him play. And it's just been a slow progression upwards. 
uh, from him, and I think Bobby certainly helps being back, where he goes, again, I don't have to do everything. I've got Bobby. Bobby, I, I, to me, making the calls is overrated. Jordan's more than capable. But to think that we have now Jordan Brooks and Bobby versus Cody Barton and Jordan, it just makes it, it's just more opportunities for Jordan to make big plays. Yeah, because you bring over Devin Bush to kind of fill that void just in case. And it's kind of like now he hasn't been pushed to the side, but you understand that you have two of the best linebackers in the league. Now you got to wait your turn a little bit and make some plays on special teams, which I think that he has done. Uh, when you look at this matchup with the Cleveland Browns, what concerns you the most? Um, their defense. I, you look, Miles Garrett is he's, he's from another planet. You know, he's 295 pounds, but he plays like he's 250 pounds. Um, for those who didn't hear, hear me, he, he blocked a field goal last week. We've seen guys block field goals, Cam Chancellor and Bobby Wagner. When they blocked the field goal, they had about a five-yard running head start, kind of used one of the offensive players and even the defense players just to help them a little bit get over the pile and block it. Miles Garrett did this from a three-point stance. And for those who have seen some of those uh, social media, TikTok things, whatever, where you see a guy in a pool in the water and they jump out of the pool onto the deck and you go, that's fake. That's like CGI, right? This looked like CGI. From a three-point stance, he jumped over the offensive line and blocked the field goal. I've never seen anything remotely like that in my life. It's the most freakish play ever. I, they haven't even talked about it. So that's my concern. They're, they're, they're front. They are upfield. They're 100 miles an hour. So it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a frustrating game of we rush for one yard, rush for one yard, rush for a minus one. You pop a 12-yarder. You're going to have to trap them at times. We're going to have to take shots downfield because to try and go 80 yards on these guys, you know, over 10 series is going to be really difficult. Our defense has to outplay their defense. And I think we're capable of doing it. I believe it. I yeah. think they can. Uh, the way they've been playing as of late, I think they're more than capable. Hey, come join us here at Hawks Live at Bellevue Square Center Court where you have a chance to win a gift card from the dining district at the Bellevue Collection. Tonight, they're giving away gift cards to Fogo de Chao and Castilla. Yeah. All right. When we return, we'll go deeper into the numbers and we'll look at the Cleveland Browns. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court, live on air on Seattle Sports. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. I'm Michael Bombas with Paul Moyer. Every Thursday, we right here, 710 Seattle Sports. And uh, you know what? Let's get into these numbers now. The specifics of this matchup, Moyer. Now, the game isn't won on paper, but paper will give you a good indication about what you're going to get into. And now when we look at this team, and we'll highlight the Cleveland Browns for what they're best known for, and that is their defense. Their defense is really good, right? The number one defense in all the land right now. They are number seven against the run. They're number one against the pass. They got a guy named Miles Garrett who has seven and a half sacks over there. It feels like this could be a Dave Wyman type of game. I spoke to him earlier today. He goes, look, man, it might be 6-0. I go, Dave, I pray to the football gods that it is not a 6-0 game. But if it's 6-0 in the Hawks' favor, I will take it, man. When you look at this matchup, what stands out to you? I'd rather be 13-0 yeah. just so we get a little cushion. Like um, yeah, look, they're two, two of their strengths, their, their defense is phenomenal. Um, 
Their offense is not. That's where we got to outplay their offense. They do have a good offensive line. Uh, they're not real athletic. Their center's athletic. He can pull. He does a lot of cool things. You got to watch for him. Uh, you know, doing some, uh, getting out on screens and running some, even sweeps and traps and stuff. But they, they I think our quickness, which we talked about earlier. Uh, really plays in our favor on these guys. They're going to have to move their feet to block us. It's going to be tough. They do not have a quarterback. Um, they've already ruled out Deshaun Watson, even though I wouldn't mind seeing Deshaun Watson because not like he's been playing great either. I mean, he's, I think he still has a ways to go to get back to his old form. Uh, they do have P.J. Walker, who is, you know, he's mobile. Uh, that's where he could probably hurt us, but he's completing under 60% of his passes. They're 31st in offense right now, but they're number two in the league in rushing. The challenge for them, though, is Nick Chubb is on IR, and Jerome Ford is doubtful. And Jerome's pretty good. He's averaging 4.4 yards per carry. But this is going to come down to, I mean, this is the defensive battle. Last week it was a 39-38 game. I don't see that playing, and that's not the kind of game we play. Browns versus Colts. Browns versus Colts. Um... We cannot turn the ball over this game. It's okay to punt in this game, play little field position, make them have to go 80 yards on us and see if they're capable. They're 29th in uh, turnover ratio. They're minus six this year. And so as good as their defense is, they're not creating a lot of turnovers, not even creating a lot of sacks. I mean, seven and a half sacks has come from Miles Garrett. But you, if you, if you want to just watch and enjoy football, Go watch both of these defensive lines get off the football. Cleveland is, they're going north and south. I mean, mostly north. I'm going that away no matter what. They're not doing a lot of two-gapping. So you're going to have to pick your poison at times. And again, at times you're going to trap these guys. Sometimes we've got to maximum protect because they will play a lot of man-to-man. They'll be up and bump and run with their corners. And they're going to say, DK, if he plays this week and you're healthy, go for it. And we're going to have to go for it. Yeah, and they got some guys in that secondary. You got Denzel Ward, a two-time Pro Bowler this year. He has one interception and six passes defended. You got Greg Newsom as well. He started all six games this year. He has 19 tackles, two passes defended, one interception. Safeties, you got Juan Thornhill and you have Grant Delpit. So you got some guys who are solid on the back end. And part of the reason why they're solid on the back end is because they're solid up front. And you're talking about Miles Garrett, uh, Tomlinson, yeah, you got uh, Zadarius Smith as well. I mean, this defensive line is good and ready to go. So it's all connected, right? The defensive line helps out the back end. The back end helps out the defensive line. And I like the idea of not getting greedy and punting the ball and playing the field position game. Because if anything, I want to ask the guy who's only completing 50% of his passes, no touchdowns, three interceptions, to go 75, 80 yards and try to put a drive to him. I'm talking about P.J. Walker. On the other end, I'll take our guy, Geno Smith, when it comes to, okay, put a drive together because at least we've seen it before. So um, I like the, uh, the public service announcement, like, hey, be patient. This, this might be a grinder be to a start little, the game, and then maybe you can open it up. Yeah, their secondaries, don't get me wrong, it's good. But you can beat their secondary. It's just can you let plays develop long enough with their front four? It's really good front four. Yeah. Um, they again, they 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 got four guys that are, are will be a challenge for us. And so there'll be times where we need to maximum protect and keep like seven guys in if we want to have some late developing routes. I think we can get these guys deep if we can protect long enough. But. Look, 90% of this game is going to be ball out, ball out, 
some screens. Let's see if we can keep the chains moving. Um, hopefully hit on a, a big run. But again, I think the running game is stick with it. Just stick with it. I know it doesn't look pretty, but there'll be an opportunity. There'll be a little window. And if you can get that window, there's room in that secondary for you because of the way they play in the secondary. Um, th- we're a better team than they are. And I say that because their defense is fantastic, but we're pretty close. We're a much better offense than they are. And that's what's got to show up on Sunday. I want to see how they decide to attack Miles Garrett. A lot of the times when you have a guy like that, your, your initial response would be, all right, we'll run away, away from him. That's not what you want to do. You want to run at this dude. I'm not saying every single time you get at him, but uh, you, you keep him on his toes. And then I want to see how they use the tight ends to help these tackles, right? We haven't seen a lot from Will Disley. He only has like six catches for 57 yards Crazy. this year. But he is the guy. He's probably the best blocking tight end. So I want to see when they decide to attach him to the line of scrimmage and how they attack Miles Garrett. I think you have to be aggressive when it comes to that. Not necessarily meaning that, okay, aggressive, we're going to throw the football down the field, we're going to run at him every single time, but give him something to think about so he's not just freelancing and firing off that football. Well, Charles Cross is going to, it's going to be a test because he normally lines up to our left on offense, uh, defense is right. They'll move him every once in a while over if maybe they see it's a real mismatch and maybe they have a player or two designed. Um, You know, again, it's not like, you know, Miles Garrett's always in the backfield. He's 295 pounds, and, you know, I used to think, oh, he's probably not a speed rusher. Yeah, he is. Now, I wouldn't say he's an elite speed rusher, but at 295 pounds, he's an elite speed rusher. But he can bull rush, he can spin inside, he can set you up outside. If you create space, he can beat you inside. I mean, the times where I've seen him have success is when the offense, whether the defense uh, coaches for Cleveland designed this, where they didn't slide to the left just to give a little bit of help. All of a sudden, the guard had to come down inside, and they created all the space for Miles Garrett for the offense against the offensive tackle. I don't want to see a whole lot of that because if if you get him on a speed rush, he will flip that into a bull rush right. immediately. And the man is strong. He is, and he is an elite player. You'll have fun watching. But they got some other guys in the middle, even though they don't got a lot of sacks. Miles got seven and a half. I think the next guy's got two and a half. Then it's like one. Um, it's going to be a fun game. Uh, I'm, I'm more, the reason why it's going to be so fun, my throwback, do you know how many 21, my 21s are going to be in, a, in the stadium on Sunday? It's going to say, with a spoon in the back. Oh, though. is that right? I forgot about that. I'm going to go get one, but I'm going to peel it off. And uh, I think the crowd's going to be electric. This is going to be a fun week, and we can't lose on throwback jersey week. You're going to have your throwback out there, 21, with Witherspoon. I'm going to have mine out there with a locket on the back. So we'll just pretend like it's ours, you know. It's both Did ours. you ever play in uh, the th- – you're too young nah, for that, I didn't play. right? I, had, I probably played in the worst uniform. Oh, you were the ugly uniform. The Seahawks oh. <laughs> ever have. So you know what? I'm just going to adopt yours and, and say it's mine. Do you, you know how they have, like, uh, the ugly Christmas sweaters? Don't do, do you, that. Don't do Do you that. put the jersey Don't on? Don't do that. First, no. I, I never put on a jersey that has my name on the back. I don't like that look. All right, when we You're return. You're see one Sunday, brother. <laughs> when we return, we'll go around the NFL. What's going down? That's next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Live on air on Seattle Sports. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. Like I said every Thursday. 
We are right here on 710 Seattle Sports. And it's time to go around the NFL, man. We got the Bucks and Bills in progress right now. 24 to 10. Josh Allen is 30 of 39, 302 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. We were wondering if Baker Mayfield was going to play. He is playing. He's 13 of 23, 124, and one touchdown. James Cook for the Buffalo Bills on the ground has 11 carries for 55 yards. And throwing the football or receiving the football, Stephon Diggs has eight for 55 and no touchdowns. So that's what's going down on Prime right now. But uh, let's go around the NFL. Man, I'm surprised that the 49ers dropped two in a row. Now, I, my question with the 49ers and Brock Purdy was if, if someone goes down, if one of his ballers go down, would he be able to over, overcome that? In the last two drives against the Vikings, he throws interceptions. One of the interceptions I'm looking at it and I go, it was the right decision. He just didn't execute. Um, that, to me, is the next step for Brock Purdy. Can he put the team on his back and say, okay, let's go? Because you look at this Shanahan offense, and it seems like you can just put anybody in there and they'll have some type of success. We'll see that this weekend because it sounds like Sam Darnold is going to be the guy there. But uh, when you saw the Niners drop two in a row, what were your thoughts and, and what are you seeing? Well, the first one surprised me because I just didn't think they, they would lose it. Um, I think last week, though, was even a bigger surprise for me because – you start losing two games, and you go on streak, something's not right. And when I was watching Brock Purdy, and I, I really like Brock Purdy. I yeah. think for, as far as a leader and a human being, how do you not pull for this guy? I mean, he's, he's as good as they come. And I know he's coming off, uh, you know, the, was it the elbow surgery? I think yeah. it was elbow surgery. Yep. And I, it just doesn't look like his arm strength's quite back. And that, not that he's ever had elite arm strength, but that ball floats. So he relies so much on timing, mm-hmm. and you've got to be wide open. He's not putting in between two guys with a window of three feet. That's not his game. He's not, it's not going to happen. The guys are too fast and asleep. So now what I'm – and it's – you know how I always talk about San Francisco. What do you got to protect on San Francisco in the pass game? You've heard me say this. How many years? You said make them throw outside the numbers. Make them throw outside the number. Mm-hmm. Everything in their game is in the middle of the field. Cross some routes. Deep in routes. Getting over the linebackers, well, the last two weeks, he's had to float balls over. He's trying to, and he doesn't really have that arm strength. And I don't think he's that accurate if the guy's not wide open. So now he's being forced to actually try to win games. Right. And it's, again, I said this, you, you, you can play as a backup for a while. You can even play a full season if you've got an incredible team around you. But when they start to waver just a little bit and you need a quarterback to make that big-time throw and really drive it in there, man, I'm just not sure he's that guy. And so until they get Sam, you know, they won't, I think Sam was the only one was out last week. Right? They had uh, Kittle. They had yeah. um, McCaffrey. Uh, they had their guys. Yeah, Debo, yeah, Debo was out. Yep, the, the only Debo. Yep. Um, I think maybe their left tackle still, uh, Trent, was out too. But, you know, there's no excuses, man. In this league, they start figuring you out, and they force you to your weaknesses, and that's what they're doing right now, and he's going to have to make an adjustment. Yeah, it's, um, it is fun for me to watch, honestly, because you feel like you've got to check some boxes off if you are a quarterback in this league and want to be considered elite. You've got to be able to win some games. And I feel like there's only like four or five quarterbacks in this league right now that I feel like, all right, two minutes to go. Give me the football. I'm going to win the ball game for you, man. So, yeah, I'm happy to see. Okay, before you leave us on that, remember I, I sent this to your group text. How about this? When trailing by five points entering the fourth quarter, 
The 49ers are 0-29 and 29 under Kyle Shanahan since mm. 2017. That's an incredible stat. So if yeah, you, they don't have the lead going into the fourth quarter. I mean, I don't know if that's a testament to the quarterback, Garoppolo, Purdy, that, hey, we're putting in your hands, you've got to lead us back. Or Shanahan going way back to the Super Bowl when they, you know, you call it what you want, mm -hmm. but, you know, blew a huge lead and he was the offensive coordinator. I don't know, maybe there's that gag, can't quite get it done. <laughs> you know what, um, I haven't heard that, I, well, once when you, when you sent that stat, I was like, I couldn't believe that was true. Uh, but once you start breaking it down, you think about Kyle Shanahan and his trials and tribulations, it starts to make sense. Um, one thing that doesn't make sense to me right now is how well Kirk Cousins is playing. Yeah. He's the regular season champion of the world, right? His team is, what, 3-4 and four right now, I believe, or 4-3, and 1-2, maybe you flip it. But uh, he's playing at an extremely high level. What are your thoughts on Kirk Cousins? I, I mean, it's he's a good one, quarterback. Man. He's always been a good quarterback. I mean, when he was at Michigan State, you knew there was something there. But what caught my attention when he came out of Michigan State was, oh, this guy's a leader. I mean, men will follow him. You know, there's just, it's kind of like Purdy. I mean, when you're such a good human being and you're so humble and you'll do whatever it takes to make people around you better and you don't make football bigger than life you know I mean you, you know where my faith is so I, I I put a lot to cousins in his faith in right. God and and the things he does every day his consistency along the way and you don't get too bent out of shape when things are you just keep working to get better is he ever going to be the greatest quarterback you know I mean there's there's a skill set may not he's not Patrick Mahomes but man, he just keeps getting better and better. His arm strength's not the greatest, but he, he finds ways. And I think they're about to go on a roll. I was looking at their next six, seven games. Uh -huh. They're all winnable games they might even be favored in. Now, one of my favorite teams to watch when they're not playing the uh, Seattle Seahawks, Detroit Lions. I mean, these guys started off five and one, and all of a sudden, Baltimore just smacks them, yeah. man. That's how crazy the NFL is. Right when you think a team has had something figured out, there's another team that provides a matchup that's hard for them to really uh, combat, man. When you see the, the Detroit Lions, you still see them as one of the best in the NFC, or did that loss to Baltimore kind of change the way you view them? Sometimes you just take one on the chin. Um, in the old days, you know, if you got your butt smacked, you know, usually it was like, uh-oh, something's not right. But I've seen the Patriots get smacked and, and come back. I mean, New Orleans has done it. Uh, there's a bunch of teams that get beat up early. I think Detroit's talented. They just took one on the chin. Uh, Baltimore, obviously, is a team that you got to be, if you're going to play them, you know, you better be ready for them. they got a mean running game. they got a complex defense that gets after you. they got good players. Lamar Jackson is... You got a skill set that's uh, extremely unique, hard to prepare for, right? And he can throw. I mean, it's not just a runner. So that's a, that's a, a good game. Um, can I bring up one, though, on the NFL? You got about 30 to 40 seconds. Yeah, it's not going to work then. I wanted to bring up that whole <laughs> Kareem Jackson thing from the Broncos. Mm. And I need more time for that. We may have to do that on uh, right. the, the pregame show. Can we, we'll do that on the pregame show on Sunday. I, I have some thoughts on that, and I have written out – uh, what, is, what, is, what is unnecessary roughness? <laughs> uh, by the way, that wasn't, there, that wasn't even a rule no. when I played. There was no such thing as unnecessary. There was a late hit. There was spearing. There was a block in the back. There was hitting a guy out of bounds, a late hit, things like that. 
but there was no unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness is subjective. And when you go and read their, their code for it, it's section uh, 8, article 2, uh, I can't remember. It, it read like truly a, a, a <laughs> law book. And I'm like, what, what are we doing here? And it was, We're making the game and by the safe, way, Moyer. And by the way, they, fought, they suspended him for two games, and the letter they wrote him said, while your hit was legal, it was unnecessary roughness. You actually had time, and they, they chastised him. They basically talked down to him that you had time, and you could have made a better decision. You didn't need to do this. And I'm like, that guy's never played DB in his life. you got to be kidding me. Can you guys tell what side of the ball he played on? On the defensive side no of the ball. No one talked about the quarterback. On the defensive and side of the ball. And by the way, hey, if the receiver Paul, we gotta get out of here, turned dog. towards the sideline, that play wouldn't even have happened. <laughs> but no, it's not on them. Sorry, go ahead. It's like my wife. We don't want to talk about this, but hey, listen, bro. Well, we're going to talk about let, it later. Let, let's talk we're about gonna it. We're going to talk about it later. We're going to talk about it later. Hey, make sure you check out the Bellevue Collection Dining Dishing. So many great restaurants to choose from today. We had our pre-show meal from Folga de Chow. We had steak, chicken, pork, salmon, Brazilian cocktails, capadinha. It was awesome. When we return, we will hear from Olu Oluwatimi in person. That's the center, one of the centers for the Seahawks. That is next right here on Hawks Live.